Welcome back to the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm Kim Schlag, and on today's episode, I have Amanda Thebe. Amanda is a fitness coach, and she is a woman in her 40s who has dealt with menopause and perimenopause and has become somewhat of an expert on the subject. Amanda writes and speaks on the subject often. She interviews experts in this field on her own podcast. She has a book coming out this year on the subject, and today we talk all things perimenopause and menopause. We talk about symptoms, unusual symptoms, um, what to do about managing those symptoms. We talk about fitness in the perimenopause and menopause periods. We talk about fat loss during this time. It's a subject that is super important to me right now because I am smack dab in the middle of perimenopause, and it is it's smacking me straight in the eyes. So listen in, let me know what you think after the episode, and I really hope you enjoy it. Amanda Thebe, welcome. So Hi, good Kim. to have you here. Thank you. Um, we're just saying, well, you're reciprocating. Thank you. We're, we're having each other on each other's show. It's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to have you here. Really excited to talk to you. Um, you're an expert on a subject very interesting to me. So um, we will get to that soon. But tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, what you do, what your background is. Okay, so my name is Amanda Thebe. I am English, um, British, however you want to say it. Um, and I now live in Texas. I, I, it was a bit of a roundabout route getting here. I went via Boston and Toronto. I had kids in each of those cities. And then we moved down to Texas last year. I think I'm in my second year now here in Houston. And how old are your kids now? Oh, gosh. Uh, I hate that type of question because now I have to like... <laughs> like, <laughs> like I have to think. Bloody hell, they're like 11 and 15, 11 and 15. 11. Okay. Mm, my 15 year old's like a man. He's like six foot two, 200 okay. pounds. He's a giant. Like and my kids just don't feel like kids anymore. But, and, um, and yeah, and so my um, background, I'm a personal trainer and nutrition coach. And I, I've been doing this like since I was about 18 and I'm 48 now. So like a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, I started off doing martial arts. So that was my like introduction into fitness at 11. Um, and I'm a black belt in karate. I've never done it since. I stopped when I was about 20. And I wonder whether I should start again. You know, it's one of them things you wonder, right? So then I you went into pick the- Pick it back up. Pick it back up, yeah. And then I went into the corporate world. But then moving countries and having kids, I had to sort of like re-look uh, re at everything in my life. And um, I basically got to the stage where in Toronto, I was- um, looking for something to feed my soul you know I'd had two kids um I had a at-home business doing graphic design that wasn't it was making me lonely actually I was on you're on your own a lot doing that job and I needed people around me so I had a in-person um business there it's called fit and chips and I started that and when I was about I, th I think it was five years ago because it all coincides with the conversation we're going to have. Like if I'm really truthful about everything, like the timing. Um, and then I eventually had to give that up two years ago to go. Um, it was about four years. I had that business then um, to come down to Houston where I do now some online coaching, not a lot. I don't want to do much more. I'm do, I feel like I'm a bit more of a spokesperson and I do a lot of fitness writing as well. Um, but yeah. And so the, um, that's what I'm doing at the moment. But like all of this happens, I start this business when I'm 40, 42, 43. And, um, and then I get hit with some big health 
was that have led me to where I am now, actually. So, so talk to us about that. Tell me what happened. What was, what was it that hit you? Yes. So um, I I remember doing this like active, of course, it's what I love to do. And I was doing a boxing class and I went home after the boxing class and started throwing up thinking, oh God, I've got a virus or something. And then I got really bad vertigo. So, and I couldn't stand up and I was like having to crawl across the bedroom floor, but it lasted a couple of days and I couldn't, I just felt like, shit I was like what the heck is that figured it was a virus and then it went away and I was like oh okay then that was that but then it came again like a few weeks later and I just started like genuinely feeling really unwell and um I I went to the doctors and he said, yeah, it seems to me like you've got like a chronic vertigo and we need to get some tests run and I'll send you to an ear, nose and throat guy. I'll send you to a neurologist. And then I went into like nearly two years of testing, trying to find out what was making me feel so unwell. Was it my low blood pressure? Was it like this vertigo? I was starting to get depression because of all of this. Like I, you know, when you don't have the answers and you just like, you can't focus on, getting better because you just don't know what it is and all this time I've got like this new new business and I'm trying to and I am being quite good in my business but when then I go home and I just like withdraw and I'm exhausted and anyway then I just happened to go to a gynecologist for um, a general um, checkup I'm one of them cysty women (laughs) I had an ovarian cyst and it was just a checkup on that and he just said hey is everything okay and I like started crying which I don't do, you know, I'm British, you know, there's a water, there's a water. <laughs> Does that mean, do, do British people not cry? No, no, the, we've got that stiff upper lip and there's, oh, a, there's, okay. there's a water be one, you know, we've got to soldier on. No, it's, I don't <laughs> think we're very emotional people. Well, maybe I'm generalizing, but I don't cry. And, I'm, and I am a really ugly crier as well. Like, so I, I don't mm. like seeing what I look like. No, anyway, and so, um, and he just sat down and listened to me and just said, yeah, typical perimenopause symptoms are you getting any hot flashes and I was like well I don't know if I'm allowed to swear but I basically said shut up now I am not (laughs) going like I'm 44 45 what are you talking about this was like me menopause in my head menopause was an old lady Mm-hmm. Like an old mm-hmm. lady who doesn't exercise, who doesn't eat well. She's got gray curly hair. She knits on a rocking chair. Like I, <laughs> I had these, I had visions of someone in menopause and they didn't look like me. And so I just didn't. And they wear sweaters with cats on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I'm morphing into that person now and I'm quite happy. But, um, but it just, it just didn't seem tangible. And, but I, I said to him, my quality of life is completely impaired. I, I literally, I'm not the person I like I'm not living up to the person I can be in and it doesn't what can I do about it like my, it's affecting my family life it's affecting my marriage they're all worried about me I'm either completely miserable or I'm a freaking lunatic like I, I, I was like batshit crazy lunatic you know and um anyway when I found out that it was menopause I started like asking questions and saying well why aren't we talking about this? What on earth is going on that like I'm like going through these symptoms and nobody, neurologists and ear, nose and throat people didn't say, oh, you're 45 and you've got all these other symptoms. Yeah, that's perimenopause. They just were like brushing me off and they could yeah. see I was not well, but they didn't give me any answers. And, um, and so that led me down this whole path. I literally wrote one article. Kim and I are doing some coaching together, business coaching, and, the, and we've got this um, 
thing that we have to do now and it's to write an article like write multiple articles mm -hmm. and and I can attest to the power of that because I wrote this one article called the shite that nobody tells you about perimenopause and it just was just a dump I just needed to vent and it was like I'm pissing my pants I go for a run and I've started peeing my pants that doesn't make sense I had kids 15 years ago and nothing happened and all of a sudden I'm peeing myself and I'm a fitness professional. What the heck is going on? And so I just listed all of these things and it didn't go viral, but it did get a lot of reaction. And all these women were like, we need somebody like you to talk about this because I feel the same way. I'm going through the same thing and there's nobody putting a real spin on things mm -hmm. you know there's like these dry medical documents that are like you might experience this 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 and this but there's nobody out there saying you know if you're 38 years old chances are you're going through menopause you may have started feeling some of the impacts are you ready for it do you know what to do when mm -hmm. it comes do you know the questions to ask your doctor do you know the treatments available to you do you know the lifestyle things that you can do to make this an easy because i was in the same situation um in my early 40s started having vertigo, ended up at the emergency room several times, um, wasn't sure what was wrong with me. Oh my God, me too. I do yeah. too. And you feel like such right? a loser. And something's going on. And I went to ENTs. I had all kinds of crazy testing done. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. This is, this is, I'm 48 now. That was at least five years ago, four years oh, ago. Oh, come on. Me and you are the same people because I'm I know. 48 now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I know. But and they so didn't, the couldn't tell you. Up, Nobody could tell me. And it wasn't until about a year ago, I went to see my doctor, who's a good friend of mine. And I was explaining all of my symptoms. And I was like, I think I'm in perimenopause. And, you know, she was the first person who kind of started talking me through this. And now it's very clear that that's what's happening. But nobody knew. I didn't know. And I was thinking something serious was really wrong with me. You know, and it's scary. And, and that's the thing. If the information isn't readily available, and nobody's talking about it, then people go down that whole self-diagnosis route and, you know, mm -hmm. they'll Google like vertigo symptoms or like, like I got to the point where um, I even got like my neck was so tight from all of it's migraine with aura. That's what we're talking about. These ocular, ocular migraines are very mm -hmm. common, all to do with the dropping in estrogen. And it, it can like my vision would go, I would lose sight in one eye. I would lose the feeling in one hand. Wow. I, couldn't, I couldn't stand up. I would walk into walls because I couldn't see them. Like, like, the, but that's what people, like some people sail through perimenopause and, mm -hmm. and they don't get the symptoms and, and, and that's great. But 85 percent of women don't it's like a big a big percentage of women and and it isn't just a case of people women I keep saying people but clearly it's just women although <laughs> <laughs> my husband thinks his life can be hard he has no <laughs> um, but like the, the the misconception is that you know you don't have a period for 12 months you might get some hot flashes and then carry on darling and it's not yeah. that it's not that at all and and I, I was getting really, really tired of not having um, easy access to the information. And I mean, I was um, finding people were talking about it. Like I say, in this really, there was three categories and it pissed me, all of them pissed me off, right? The first one was the like, 
Oh, actually four. Oh my God, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. First of all, there was those, the, the dry doctor ones, which are really helpful. But when you're really miserable and you're feeling like crap, you don't want to be reading an encyclopedia. You just want someone mm -hmm. to tell you what's going on. Your mm -hmm. cognitive functions during menopause are already compromised. And so you just want simple yes. instructions, not doctor Bible type information. And then mm -hmm. the other flip side of the books I found were all of these like there was so funny it was all just a piss take and it was a bit derogatory and and yeah that can have its place but it's just not helpful it's not helpful when you want to know what's going on it's mm -hmm. like it, it it's cute and I like that and I'm funny I think and but but it still wasn't very helpful to me and then you've got the other two categories where it's like people understand the hormones and so they want to sell you something like there's mm -hmm. always somebody on that, mm -hmm. like the, the latest diet, the latest pill, yeah. the latest, like, um, and, 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 and I'm just like, I don't want to fucking buy something. I just want to feel okay. And then the last one was like the, mm -hmm. the skipping through the fields in a floaty dress that life is positive. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I can't do any of this BS. It's driving me crazy. And so I just wanted a voice and I decided to be that voice. And, and it was pretty difficult for me to be, as I do this big like um, dump about everything that was happening to me because it was exposing myself. Yeah. But I, I, it was honestly, it was the best thing I ever did because now, and, and then I've created like a community of women that like, and we literally, I, I don't sell anything. I literally have a community in there and they just share stories, share research articles, share news articles. And this is your Facebook group. Yeah, it's called Menopausing So Hard. And, and I started that just because people were like, is there anywhere we can talk about this? I wrote that article and, um, and it got shared a lot and it got a lot of comments on. And, um, and, and so then that's sort of how it started. And I created, and then I was like, do I really want to be the woman that just talks about menopause? Because I'm a coach, right? Mm -hmm. But then I was yeah. like, it's yes, because here's the thing, like when women go through menopause, even if they've had nothing that's symptomatic, right, even if it's been easy for them, you know, you go to, through, <clears throat> through full menopause, it's been 12 months, you're considered postmenopausal. Well, then that's just when the fun starts happening, right? It's not like when you go into menopause, then, then you just carry on because your body is now without certain hormones and it has mm -hmm. to act differently in order to thrive. So you're now a, a complete candidate for stroke, cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, um, metabolic con um, condition like diabetes, like all of these mm -hmm. things. And now you're a higher risk factor because you don't have the protective elements of um, the sex hormones, which I, that's what they do. They help protect mm -hmm. us from those things. And so, oh, there might be the woman that puts on too much weight or that she, a skin's changed or a hair changed. They're all impacts of what happens in menopause and they don't know that I've asked them and so I'm just wanted to be a conduit for starting this conversation and to be a voice for them because I have no problem standing up and talking about it so what are some of the most surprising things about menopause what are some things that people might be surprised to know Oh my gosh. How long have you got? Well, so for me, like, <laughs> give me what, three, give me three, <laughs> give me three. Well, you know, I'm not going to talk about hot flashes because they are that's a, not a surprise. We know it. Everybody, yeah. That's yes. the thing. Everybody so knows that one. one of the, one of the things that I think is not spoken about, and I think it's 
it's a real pity. And I'm just talking symptoms now, right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. um, vaginal atrophy. It's sometimes abbreviated to GSM. So it's a genouterine syndrome of menopause. But okay. basically, the estrogen helps to keep our like the whole vagina, the integrity in place. Um, It's it's to do with the production of um, collagen as well. But what happens with a lot of women is they start having some horrible symptoms down there and they don't understand that it's all to do with the the drop in estrogen and progesterone. And so- Okay, what kind of symptoms? Like, and like can be life-changing and really serious symptoms. So like, for example, it can start as simply as being having- been dry down there so okay. sex sex starts to hurt right because it does the ph level of the vaginal mm-hmm. walls changes and so you're more susceptible to uh, utis in fact it can you can get them as a clusterfuck thing i've got to excuse my language but it literally feels like that you just a lot of women can't get rid of them because it it is compromised right the body can't fight it as well as it all of the bacteria like it used to because of the change in the pH level um, because of all of the integrity sort of like it, it mm-hmm. basically you become less firm and moist Got it. I said Got the mo- it. I said moist <laughs> and I wasn't talking about a cake I like literally made myself a promise that I would only say moist if it was talking about a delicious chocolate cake <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> you said it now <laughs> might as well go run with it so you less less moist and and, and so it impacts and it can cause um that can have impacts on incontinence stress incontinence and urinary urge incontinence um and then um and then as when it comes to prolapses as well we don't have the integrity in place mm-hmm. to, to, like like we should um and and it's making women miserable and it can and then from there it goes into a whole other world that i don't even know about there's one woman called jane lewis who wrote a book called my menopausal vagina and it's about like um and and she talks about the impacts of like not having estrogen and what it can do to us down there and and it makes it can it's shameful for women to talk about unfortunately not with me though there's never no no such thing (laughs) as too much information because i think it's really important um it is important yeah yeah and and there's cures for women like for example topical estrogen on a vagina can completely help repair the integrity of it and it's non-harmful and like it literally is a walk to the doctor's office and it's not expensive even for those without health insurance there um there are i know it depends which country this is played in there are yeah. options out there that are not it depends what it's a, a weight isn't it a value thing you know it can ruin women's lives so yeah but there's yeah. Get, find an expert, I would say. Go to a gynecologist. Don't go to your right. primary health care. Go to a gyno and just say, I want someone who specializes in menopause. I want help, right? All right. That's a big one. That's a big surprising one. I was not even aware of that one. So that's number one. Tell number us something one, else. Another, another one, emotional emotional component. Like I'm, I'm not just talking about like the PMS bitchy phase, but like, mm-hmm. so we are more susceptible. Um, progesterone is our anti-anxiety hormone and estrogen is our like calming hormone. Mm-hmm. And when both of those fall, we become like more susceptible for high cortisol. If you don't manage your cortisol levels in a menopause, shit gets crazy i'm telling you mm. right so women um see heightened states of anxiety like 
full-on panic attacks and mm -hmm. chronic depression. The mental health of a woman through menopause is not spoken about enough. And in fact, it can help. It, it, there's, there's a big campaign in the UK now called Menopause Matters where there's a whole bunch of like these really awesome women that are going to government and saying, employers should know about this. They should have an understanding about this because they're losing work hours from women who literally can't get out of bed. Yeah. Um, I, and I can speak from um, sort of personal experience on both of those things from someone who has never had any, well, my family might argue, but I would say any like um, <laughs> emotional issues. <laughs> but wow. I've never been a candidate for depression. I feel like I'm very pragmatic about life and I have a, I'm very open and I talk about things and things get me down. I get blue, but I feel like I can pull myself out. And I've been in a place where I couldn't get myself out. You know, I needed anti yeah. antidepressants. And then I've had a couple of panic attacks that have like... You'd, when you're in the middle of a panic attack, whether that threat is perceived or real, it's, mm -hmm. it feels like you're dying. And it's it does. Now, that, that is something I have personal experience with as well. I have a history of anxiety, uh, of panic attacks, but have had them under control for a very long time. And uh, very recently had the worst panic attack I've had ever, ever in my life. And it was terrifying. It and, was terrifying. And it doesn't matter how often people tell you to like use diaphragmatic breathing and bring yourself yeah. back to the present it, it, you literally want to find a safe hole to hide in and yeah and, yeah yeah and, and and there's therapy and then and there is um methods out there i mean there's the thing is with that there's things that you can do to help yourself i mean whether it be hormone replacement therapy um to help control the hormones again whether that be anti-anxiety medication whether that be protocols that you introduce every day like breathing and reframing and you know there's lots of different things out there but um and and also your diet and exercise can help put you in a better state for coping with them i mean i'm not yeah, saying that sure. food gets rid of anxiety i'm saying that if your your body is nourished and you've you're full of feel-good hormones you're less likely to be a candidate for anxiety and depression. Absolutely. So, so give, us one, give us one more thing that people might be surprised about menopause. And then I would like to turn the discussion to fitness and menopause. Oh, yeah, yeah. But let's we, hear one more. Oh, my God. There's so many. There's so many. Um, 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 well, uh, I know. I know. Just give us one that people might, another one. I don't know that people ha will have heard of either of those two that you said right now. People think hot flashes, um, you know crankiness but you know these other things that, that people aren't aware of yeah and well maybe that I could say like the like the migraines as well because I mean that was like something that came out of the blue and because the migraines don't present themselves all the time as headaches because mm -hmm. you don't actually get that blinding light it's more the, the the ocular ones and that seems to be the one that most women get is the 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 vertigo based ones like the mm -hmm. ocular ones mm -hmm. and I think that like um, but the symptoms, they can be finite or they can be massive. And, and I literally have a list of 60 odd ones, but they can you be, do. they can feel small, they can feel large. But I think those three are the ones that surprised me the most. And, um, and I think that even just having like an awareness that it could be menopause, I don't feel like we should blame everything for menopause. But mm -hmm. if a woman mm -hmm. is feeling something and she's not 100% sure what it might be, and she's in the age range to be a candidate for, for um, perimenopause, I think it's worth asking the question at least, do you think this could be this? And then just start, yeah. just start asking your friends. 
<laughs> love it. Love yeah. hearing about that. Yeah. Okay. Fitness. Um, fitness, so fitness and, and exercise. Menopause. What do you think the connection can be between fitness and menopause? Well, well, there's, there's studies, there's actually a lot of studies on this, so it's really great. So um, I, might, I might add, and this is a bit of a shameless self-plug, um, I, I have written articles on um, menopause, and I decided to pull it together in a book, and I have written a book about all of this, because, but it's very, it's, it is fairly general because I want it to reach out to lots of women, mm-hmm. but, it, but, it, but I've researched this, like, and there's still more research coming out. I feel like I feel like I'm going to end up doing editions and editions and editions of mm-hmm. the book when it comes out because I'm learning stuff already after I've already sent it off. You know, like to get yeah. a, a publisher. But here's the thing that we do know: um, the majority of women who are healthy, i.e., they have a, a like a moderate to low BMI, don't have as they're not they're not a high risk for severe symptoms that doesn't work for me or you because we had severe symptoms but i'm talking about the typical symptoms so things like if you're obese if you smoke if you drink too much your your chances are your experience through menopause will be worse statistically right it's really? if you're if you're listening to this and going yeah i'm i'm fat and smoke and i drink loads of booze and it was fine for me i'll be like well yeah you're an anomaly then <laughs> the, the numbers there's always an anomaly right and we are yeah. and, and menopause is a very singular experience so i don't expect anyone to have the same experience except mm-hmm. me and you who were clearly twins clearly, twins, yeah. <laughs> clearly right and i may be a bit of a step ahead of you so i can tell you what's coming next if you want. perfect <laughs> we have to keep in touch on this subject then <laughs> and then and then other factors we know um i spoke on my podcast recently dr roseanne woods i i highly suggest you get her on kim because she's brilliant personal trainer was looking at people who were like the cardio bunnies right I'm not dissing cardio bunnies, but you know, there tends to be two camps of fitness people, those that love the cardio and loves the, those that love the strength work, right? Uh-huh. Whereas Dr. Roseanne Woods was a, is a strength coach and she was noticing and speaking to um, her, these cardio bunnies that they were experienced more severe hot flush, hot flushes, flashes, depending on your nationality. Mm-hmm. I, I'm bilingual. Um, she, um, <laughs> <laughs> that they, that they, um, they were experiencing more severe symptoms that were the, the blood vessel type ones, which are like the hot flashes and the night sweats and the cold hands. And these are all to do with the blood vessels um, and, and how our body regulates our temperature. Um, mm-hmm. And cardio bunnies won't surprise you, but it might surprise many people have a higher BMI, like a, a body mass index. They tend to have less muscle and more, more fat just proportionally mm-hmm. um, and so she did this st- study she's got a doctorate from it now so she's done an amazing job at raising awareness and it was based on the swan study research and 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 up to 70 percent of um, women experience less hot flashes and night sweats um, when they did strength resistance training that's amazing. So, so the so the the correlation between lean muscle mass, the amount of lean muscle mass you have in comparison to body fat, has a huge impact on hot flashes. And I might add that I'm within a normal range of. Sometimes wish I wasn't. Wish I was a bit less. But I'm in a normal range of lean lean body mass, and mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't had those type of symptoms. 
right so and and maybe again i'm n plus n equals one but um yeah the, the, the research supports that, right? Um, other things that we know, um, moving in through menopause, when we lose our estrogen, um, it, it helps to create density in the bone. And the minute that we lose estrogen, we are a candidate for osteoporosis. So we have mm -hmm. to I don't care whether you want to, you have to pick up some weights, build up some muscle to support that skeletal frame. Because one in every two women will have a fracture over the age so of talk, talk 55. Talk for just a minute about how, how that happens. So you pick up some weights, what happens? Because a lot of people don't understand the connection between their bones and lifting weights. Can you explain that? Well, the, uh, well, I, I don't really understand the question. Do you mean like, so you said, it, <laughs> I mean, I do gonna know be, what I'm going to be. You're going to be a candidate for osteoporosis. Um, so pick up some weight. So help people make connect those dots. Okay. So if you build up lean muscle mass in your body, you are supporting your skeletal frame. You're, you're, you're creating a structure in the, in the muscular part of your body that helps support the, um, the, the skeleton to help protect it against breaks. Now the estrogen is the thing that I don't understand the whole um, skeletal frame. It, um, even the experts are still looking at why osteoporosis happens. But estrogen plays a huge part in that. And then when estrogen starts to fall, we then start to see that the structure of the bone weakens. Um, and unless you're on HRT, like hormone replacement therapy, to help support the integrity of the bone, the one thing that you can do is help support the bone with muscle. Now, if you have no, no muscle, and to some extent, it does help to, um, to build, it, it doesn't build the, the bone up, it helps to Im improve its integrity. So the bone density. The bone density of it, yeah, but it doesn't mm -hmm. actually rebuild bone, it just helps to, to, to improve the density of it. And so not only are you like creating this support system. So, so what happened, what we know, if I can just pull back, it might be easy for me to say it this way. What we do know that in um, osteoporosis is that most people think that when you fall, you fall and your bone breaks because you, you know, it's weak. And what in fact does happen is the, the bone integrity breaks down and you normally break the bone and then fall. And so um, it's, what what you can do to sort of like re, try and reverse that and trying to 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 fix that is one if you're a candidate for HRT consider it because it will help you and two is take supplements that will help you the vitamin D and your calcium and three is do resistance training to help improve the bone density but more importantly to to create a, a, a support system for your spine and your hips and your shoulders and the things that might break important stuff that's important mm. so what this, about menopause middle the men yeah the menopause the meno the meno middle the menopause thing. talk about that for a bit that's so that's a huge that could be a whole podcast on some but to to make that succinct as possible like to bring this back there's a number of factors and and i I remember um, speaking to Krista Scott Dixon, who, who's a, a mm -hmm. friend of mine from Toronto, but she's also this genius behind Precision Nutrition, who you know. And she was like saying, the first thing I think women need to do is stop hating on fat because fat's a wondrous substance. It's not, 
a substance that's out to get you. It actually does a lot of things. It is metabolic. It's not completely inactive like we think it is. It doesn't just sit on our bodies like a slab of butter and sit there just taunting you. It does, but it also does other things. It does, <laughs> it does taunt you. And so uh, there's a couple of things happen. So the, the, there is a state in our in, during menopause is what happens is our hormones don't directly drop. They don't go from being like there to being gone. They do this whole like crazy like dance where they're up and down, back and forth. And you don't know whether you're coming or going. You may feel like you've crossed a hurdle, but then it comes back at you again, right? There's no linear path to, to menopause. And that's what's most frustrating. But a couple of things do happen that we know impact the woman's shape, right? And, and, and this is what we know. We know that towards the later stages of, they call it late menopause transition, but it's like the late stage, stage of perimenopause mm-hmm. before your period stop and that can be mm-hmm. anything from two or three years to ten years so go like get you take a guess you like <laughs> the, blood work can sort of give you a better indication uh-huh. like you your, your, your blood work with your doctor but when you're at that stage in menopause we know that you're more likely than ever in your whole life to hold on to water water retention at that stage is massive and I remember that personally I remember going for a walk in a dress and I got chafing between my legs and I was like what the, what's this is this what like I've never had a thigh gap I'm not like promoting mm-hmm. that but I've never chafed and I was like this is really weird right and I'd stop on Vaseline between my legs and I was like oh my god I'm never wearing a skirt again I'm only ever wearing trousers and it was just one of those like eye-opening moments and then I remember also like looking in the mirror and I've always had like a defined core I don't mean like six packs but you could tell mm-hmm. I worked out and it was like a lump of blob and I was like what just happened to me and when like I don't I I I was doing the whole nothing's changed I eat the same I exercise the same blah 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 the thing that we all say Mm -hmm. and I this like watery belly and I just couldn't get my head around it right so but what we do know now is that water retention is a big deal in menopause especially during that phase and it eventually sort of starts tapering off when you threw mm-hmm. it into menopause right um, and another thing happens as well that can um, also contribute to the way that we seem to shift towards this mass in our belly and it's that it, we become slightly testosterone dominant meaning that we don't get more testosterone but we already have it in our system and relevant to our estrogen and progesterone we see us having a little bit more of a dominance in testosterone so we we move from this typical pear to apple shape which isn't very nice right you know like we we, it's a it's a physical shift change Mm -hmm. and so women will often maybe not see that much weight change uh, like just say you only like see a change of like five pounds which isn't astronomical but um you might see that like none of your clothes fit anymore and it, you look completely different and it might just be that because we've now got less estrogen and a, a little bit more testosterone that we become more androgen like more male like right which is why we then become a candidate for cardiovascular disease because we mm-hmm. know that that belly fat is not um what's the word desirable I suppose but something else happens that adds to this and it's the our visceral fat which is like the deep down dirty stuff that like covers our like uh, the adipose fat tissue Mm -hmm. also helps to produce some estrogen 
And so there's, we, we do need an element of fat. Now, women need fat for good hormonal health, right? It's just when, it, when does it become too much? When do we like draw the line of acceptance? Like, oh, I don't want this anymore. This is too mm. much, right? The, le- the, the super skinny, lean, muscular women are, are probably not in the best hormonal shape seriously you do need some fat on you but it's like trying to manage that to be healthy and everything so so a couple of things like so we know bloating um the testosterone and then also the production of estrogen they all impact us in certain ways and then sort of the the last like overall thing about this and we've already touched on this is our we are now in a heightened state of cortisol we just are right? We don't have the hormones to be able to help us cope with um, the amount of cortisol we have. But that, as you know, into some respect is within our control, Mm -hmm. um, how we manage our cortisol. Um, But we we also know that high cortisol is is completely linked to high belly fat. So what's a woman to do? So what's the answer? Yeah. Like, so I've given you four reasons why it happens. So what's to do? Like, but my, I, my absolute go-to before nutrition, because nutrition is the answer, as you know, but my first go-to is stress management, because it doesn't matter what you're doing, if you're eating well and exercising well and all of that, if your cortisol's out the roof, your body is going to be in a state where it's going to be like, feed me and feed me carbs and feed me them often, or otherwise Mm. I'm going to go into this high body fat state to save you. And so if you don't look after the your cortisol, then everything else that you're doing isn't really going to have much of an impact, right? So getting that stress under control. Yeah, it's a really boring answer. I know and people won't want to hear that. They'll want me to say keto or IF or (laughs) whatever. And I'm telling you, if you want to answer, (laughs) go go to one of those bullshit people that are out there trying to sell you a product because it's not the answer, right? Like it's, it's for sure it's holistic, right? So I actually do talk about four pillars for core values or whatever to do with menopause and they all impact stress, right? So first of all is stress management, whether that's you looking at like, and people say, well, what does that look like practically? Whether that's sleep management, whether you look, you're looking at like getting a sort your sleep hygiene out, get eight hours of sleep. Like that's important. Stop fighting with your husband. Stop shouting at your kids. Go away and meditate for five minutes. Get your nervous system healthy again. Like work on things. Like go for a walk in nature. Go on, like talk to your friends. Get on the phone. Get off your electronics. You know, all of those things, right? All of that stuff, yeah. All of that stuff. Stress management is really key. And I have to tell you, like, that's something I never, ever did. And I literally now remove myself from toxic environments all the time if it doesn't support my mental health and my nervous system. That's amazing. Because I've seen what it's done to me. It's only because I've literally lived in the shit of it all with the depression Mm -hmm. and the migraines. My migraines were absolutely enhanced by stress. It's stress we know is so, so massive a conversation that we can't do it justice, but like stress management too. And then, but then support that stress management protocol with real wholesome nutrition. And I don't mean um, IF or intermittent fasting or keto Mm -hmm. because they might, this is Kim's expertise as well. Like if they might work for somebody who's in menopause, but they may not work for you. And there's actually studies that are showing that, that, 
the stress that our body goes through, that high cortisol level, if we literally starve ourselves and we literally don't feed ourselves with carbohydrate, we're heightening that level of cortisol. We need carbohydrates to function. And so, yes, it may work, but for how long? And really, is it the best thing to support a woman through menopause? I would argue. And what does and what does working mean? You know, if you're if if it's working, but you're feeling terrible and your menopause symptoms are 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 not under control, is it really working? Yeah, yeah. Like low, if you, yeah. yeah. Have you lost ten pounds? Yeah, good. Do you look good? But do you feel like crap? Well, yeah. Then is that really how you want to live your life? I mean, I I don't think that I think that when you get to a certain stage in your life Kim I think you get to the point where it's always good it's okay to want to look good naked and to want to feel and look the best sorry and to look the best but I think it's more about how you feel well it, it is for me and people who I talk to in my age group now I feel like it's like that yeah you want to look good in that dress and you want to look good in the bedroom and but really if you feel like shit, neither of them things matter, yeah, you know? Yeah, you need both. You need it. You do. And so then managing they, your stress, what we and like then you, I'm doing, doing like, I'm doing like I'm doing like the Canadian food guide of menopause. Like I'm literally doing the highest of it. So you've got stress management at the top and then you've got nutrition and then you've got um your exercise. And then the ex- exercise matters. And I break that into two segments because you have to do resistance training. It also, if you do metabolic resistance training, so you're actually challenging yourself in an anaerobic threshold, meaning like hard, very hard, mm-hmm. nine on nine and ten hour on a scale for short mm-hmm. bursts and with weight as well, mm-hmm. you're managing the cortisol response. You're not Ex, you're not exhausting it like you it will re, it will recover quickly and so but it will also cause that muscle stimulus that you're looking for to build lean muscle so it it literally suits menopause more than any other work protocol so um like w- work out hard in the gym for a short period of time right be effective so tell us what it, what does a workout um like that look like for you give us an example of a workout for you yeah what, it, it would like? it would be three to four times a week or two to three times a week right? It, mm-hmm. it would ideally be with weights, but if you're starting out and you've never worked out before, it would be body mm-hmm. weight. And you can do mm-hmm. some plyometric, which means jumps, or say jump squats, but you need to build muscle more specific. So do some, get some um, regular squats in, get some push-ups in if you can, like even if they're against the wall, like start with the basic movements, mm-hmm. start with some hip hinges, um, mm-hmm. which is like the basic mo- movement pattern to a deadlift um, and get some core functioning. You need to support your core. You need, you can't start challenging your overhead presses without a solid core to start with get your glutes fired up get a nice peachy bum do some glute lifts all of the things that you talk about can completely support a woman through menopause and then like how I ask my clients to work out because I typically would encourage them to do all of those exercises with weight Mm-hmm. you know, so it's getting more resistance work is to say, do a timed protocol, say 30 seconds work as hard as they can. And usually that come becomes an eight to 12 rep range anyway, where mm-hmm. their 10 to 12 rep is hard, hard enough that they mm-hmm. don't, don't want to finish with a 30 mm-hmm. second rest and I might even extend the rest range a little bit because I want every 30 seconds to be as hard and as good quality Mm -hmm. as the first if you start to um have uh like 
um, start um, pulling back in your latest rounds, maybe you're on your third round and you're only doing six to eight reps, then you're not resting enough, right? Mm. But you need to rest just enough. It really takes a bit of playing around, but it typically works out at eight to 12 reps, which is a, a good protocol for women to work in. I'm just challenging them with a time protocol to get mm -hmm. a little bit more out of it. Those workouts completely paired with active rest days. And if you don't prioritize your rest days as much as you prioritize your workout days, you're missing a big part of the puzzle because we, our body takes longer to recover. It needs that nervous system to calm down and it needs yeah. your, mus your muscles need, need to recover and your mind needs to recover. So whether that's low intensity, like going for a walk going to yoga, doing some mobility work, it's priority. Or just, or just doing an actual rest day where you're not even thinking about the gym, which is hard for people. Now, especially in menopause, because what tends to happen is fatigue is the, the limiting factor. And the fatigue is like, is like, it's even been given like a name, like the menopause fatigue syndrome. Um, mm. And because the it's, I think it, I, I personally found it to be the week before when I would have got a period, even though I stopped mm -hmm. getting my periods, I would be on the sofa for a week, like literally not able to do anything but watch Netflix. And yeah. you know what? It was awful from me from a mental standpoint, but not from a physical standpoint, because I actually couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so being gracious with yourself is so important. Mm -hmm. And so like, and so having the permission to say to yourself, you know what, your body now is crying out for you to just stop. If you can yeah. go for a walk to Starbucks at the end of the street and get yourself a coffee, then do it. But if you can't be asked to do that, then don't. Doesn't matter about the house being a mess. It doesn't matter that you haven't cooked dinner. You can order takeaway. It doesn't matter. Your body wants you to rest. And I swear if you rest, you will feel better. You just will. And I think you've got to honor where your body is right now because it's not forever. It's like literally another stage we go through. Yeah. And so to me, the rest and recovery is as important as the workouts. And, um, and, and you know what I do as well with my going back to the workouts is like I do rounds as well. Like, so it tends to be mm -hmm. circuit based, but it's very specific. And I'll say to um, someone, do you feel like working out today? No, then maybe your body needs a rest. Do you feel like you could get to the gym, but you don't feel like doing so much? Do two rounds. Don't do three rounds. Don't do four rounds. It all counts, right? It all and, counts. And I count my workouts. I'm just that person. Like It's not for everyone, but I can't. And my low intensity is a 5K run because I find that like easy and it's not stressful, but it could be a 5K walk. I count them. I just like, I'm a numbers person, right? Okay. And so I count a five minute mobility workout as one of my workouts. I count it. Awesome. Because I'm all about the weight. amazing. Yeah. And I think everyone yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When people, people get, where people go wrong is where they think like it's not enough, right? That, that, that can't count. That's not enough. And I'm just a big fan of it all counts, you know, it all counts. If and as, and especially if you're going to, if you're going to pay the price. Yeah. Something is better than nothing. And, Don't and, think that a little bit, it means you haven't done anything. I know exactly. And, and, and 
that if you do something chances are you are going to feel better like I was out yeah. on a, I was out on a trip the other day like I do these cultural trips once a month in Houston and it's a way for me to see Houston which is a new city to me and meet the international community that's there I love hanging out with all the stylish Italians and Spanish so I was on one of these trips and there was a woman there a French woman who came up to me and she said I literally didn't want to come out today I'm miserable it's all perimenopause. I've got no energy. I'm so tired. I hate my life. I hate my husband. I hate my daughter. Blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yada, yada, yada. And by the end of the thing, we literally, it was a very low energy walking around, but it was beautiful weather here at the moment. It's 20 degrees. I know you all hate me, but whatever. It's 20 degrees <laughs> Celsius, I might add. Like, what? That's 70. Yeah. And at oh, the end God. of it, at the end of it, she came up to me and she said, thank you so much. Thank you so much because I'm so happy I came. I needed this. I needed to walk. I needed to talk. I feel like I've had some endorphin rush a little bit, enough to make me get through the rest of the day. And, and that sort of leads me to the bottom part of that triangle. That honestly is like the, the mindset resiliency thing. And part of that is finding community because it's such an isolating experience. Like you said, you had no idea. Yes. Who, who would you talk to? I had two years of talking to nobody about this and faking it. I'm not mm -hmm. going to fake it anymore. I'm tired of that BS. It's awful. And that's, yeah. why I start, that's why I started that community because if you don't talk about it, if you don't have tools to be able to get through these moments of despair, you are literally going to stay in despair. And so it's really important to, if you can't go for a walk with a friend, even if it's just to cry or if it's like literally just to sit outside in the garden with your coffee that's what I used to do just sit outside and drink a coffee and and I think that the, the components of all those things together can make the experience of menopause so much easier it, I'm not saying it's easy but it could be lessened and easier than if you didn't right yeah I love that last part you're talking about about the importance of community and about the importance of being able to talk about it I find that so important. I don't, I, a lot of my friends are starting to talk about it, like listen to me talk about it enough that um, I think they're realizing like, oh, maybe that's what's happening with me because there's so little talk about it that it feels very isolating. And so I'm trying to be better about being open about these things. Yeah. And just last week, I was on a podcast by myself, a solo episode and had a complete brain frog moment. And lost all words that I was going to say. <laughs> and instead of like cutting it out or kind of glossing over it, I actually started talking about how I have these like menopause brain fog moments and explaining what that was and, you know, kind of moved on from there because I feel like not talking about it, it is isolating. It's dismiss dismissive as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's something that I try to talk about more my kids, I'm sure, are tired of hearing about the word menopause. Try being my kids. Driving my kids. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> but you know what? We've all put the remote control in the in the fridge. We've all done that, right? And um and yeah. and, and there is a massive study out there. It's a brilliant study. Um and it's and one of the elements of the study is the recognition of the cognitive impairment that goes through a woman's um um, system when she goes through menopause and down to the fact that some women believe that they've got Alzheimer's like I mean it's a they think it's a precursor and this is it um, and, I can 100% believe that's true and usually usually when they go through into post-menopause then things get better and I also can attest to that 
like my well, that is that is good news <laughs> i still do make words up and shit and i own them i'm like yeah that's a new word and I, don't care. I don't care but i just think that like like you said that the community side of things is like it's like did you talk to your mother about it i remember two years of feeling terrible and i said to my mom it turns out i've got migraine she went oh yeah i think i had them in menopause too and i'm like what you know, you couldn't have said to him, well, I didn't know that's what you had. I mean, well, you didn't even put two and two together. You Like, it's the missing piece of the conversation. It's not in school. Sorry. Oh, my God, I'm on a tangent now. My kid, <laughs> my kid brought home his anatomy and physiology book. And I love all of that, of course, like you do. So I was going through it. And then I got to the reproductive system. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And it talks about birth. And it talks about puberty. And it talks about pregnancy. And then nothing else. And, then and I'm like, and then it ends. <laughs> And then it ends and it's, and it's disgraceful. It's absolutely it disgraceful that it's not part of our education system because now my kids know what it's about. I hope now that their girlfriends or their daughters eventually, they, they'll get it right. There'll be a voice. Like yeah. my husband now is like literally like a voice of reason. He'll say, don't you remember this? This is what happened before. And you told me, and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cause you, yeah. you, re, you feel like you're going crazy. Absolutely. I totally believe that. It's good to hear that, you know, coming out the other side, you don't necessarily stay feeling like that. Amanda, this has been extremely enlightening and I really appreciate this conversation. I think it's going to help women to hear our experiences and to hear the things you've had to say and to know that like, this is normal. This is a part of life. This is a stage that we go through and that there are millions of other women going through it too. Yeah. And then, and then just to be proactive and try and control the things that you can control, control. So if you, um, I won't have this conversation now because I know we've got to tie it up, but um, hormone replacement, replacement therapy is a viable option for a lot of women and it's been demonized and it, and it shouldn't have been like the studies have been shown to have been somewhat flawed. Find someone okay. in your medical community who is current and who can give you the best advice because that can help put women into a position where they can start making changes to their lifestyle that are actually achievable because the problem is with menopause is they know they need to eat well they know they need to manage stress and they know they need to find the community but it actually feels very difficult to do when you're feeling very symptomatic yes if you're not a candidate for hrt or you choose not to take it off for any other reason don't think that it doesn't matter when like you don't, how can I word that better? The small things matter. Like we're both habits based coaches. So maybe you didn't eat well that day, but did you keep your hydration up? Did you do something that was a win that day? Cause everything counts. Like yeah. did, did you get up and move around? Did you actually talk to a human being that day? Don't dismiss those things. Make them count for you and, and, and give yourself a win because they all helped her like reframe and just make it a more positive experience than it probably is. Love that. So when, when your book does come out, what is the title going to be? Oh, what, what is it called? Oh, I don't know. Well, so I was going to call it the menopocalypse, which I thought was quite brilliant and genius. Until, I like that. No? Until, until, I think it is, but it also has very negative connotations, like it's the end of the world, and it really isn't. Mm. So so I pulled back from that, um, and then I'm currently working with Menopausing So Hard, and it's like the ultimate woman's guide to thriving. Like, un okay, un I like that. That's yeah, good. yeah. So, and that's also the name of my um, 
Facebook group. Um, okay, great. Community group. Um, and I have another couple. And I also have a, my coaching is called Menopause Hacks. So it might be. So that's currently um, in discussion. And I'm at the stage with my book where I have a publishing agent, which was a, a big deal to get. And I'm really excited about that. So now I'm hunting down a publisher that should happen. That's the next logical step. But it might not be out till towards the end of the year. But um, I'm, I'm hoping that women can, I'm very practical and pragmatic in my approach. I'm also a little bit sweary. But I think I, <laughs> I, I, I try and humanize it. I'm not like, I just want it to be real, right? And so, but I want it to be a very practical guide. I want people to look at it and see themselves in the book and then go, but then what do I do? Like I wanna how what do yeah, I do? But what do I do? That's yeah. so important. Yeah, Love and so that. so that's and, and there's also like exercise protocols in there as well. Like I am gonna have like a basic beginner's guide because I think that a lot of women now want to get into workouts and they don't know how. You're really good at that as well. You like dumb dumb things down to the very basics and go, why would you wanna do? Why why are you listening to these people that are telling you these crazy stuff? The basics work. Yeah. Just yeah. do do them and do them often and you'll yeah. reap the benefits. Absolutely. I love that. Well, until the book comes out, tell us where people can find you. If they're looking for you, where's the best place to go? Head over to my website. It's called Fit and Chips, F-I-T-N-C-H-I-P-S. I forgot how to spell, you know, word, word fog, memory <laughs> thing. Um, fitandchips.com. And then I, actually that takes you everywhere. So just Okay. And then you have the Facebook group, Menopausing So Hard. Yeah, right. come, come over to that. It's all you can get. You can access that all from the website. Awesome. Though, like, okay. there's I have a podcast called Fit and Chips Chats that's specific, nice. and Kim has been a guest on there. And I try to talk about issues for women over forty in general. And there's been some that. amazing guests on there that have been helped me. I'm learning on the job, literally. Yeah, you know, like we all are, right? And so I love that. That's one of the things I love about doing this podcast. I learn yeah. so much from all of my guests. It's crazy, right? Isn't it? And so, and then it's just a platform to share. And so there's that there as well. And, yeah. um, and then hopefully I'll be able to use that pl platform to talk to more women. I've got a couple of speaking engagements this year. And so I'm trying to do more Fantastic. of that. That's my thing that I'd like to do. I feel as though it's getting the general topic discussed at least should is a big aim of mine. Love that. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and the wisdom you've shared with us here today. Thank you very much, Kim. That's awesome. Okay. All right. And that wraps it up for this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed it and that it was helpful, that you learned something. If you have any questions or comments, absolutely please feel free to reach out to me. You can email me at kim at kimschlagfitness.com. If you enjoyed it, I would sincerely appreciate it if you would leave a rating. It really helps so that other people can hear the podcast. Thanks so much for being here in any case.